0: No my, hide am and welcome to the Reviving Hope podcast. I'm your host Bronnie Tressler, and this is a place to find Christian hope for mental health challenges. In this episode, I'm speaking with my friend Richard Black, counsellor and director of Mind Health here in Christchurch, Aotearoa. We're going to explore how we can get involved in church in empowering ways. Through counselling and public speaking, Richard helps people strengthen their thinking, so they can be proactive in relationships. He is passionate about helping churches and individuals thrive in life. Kia ora, Richard.
1: Kia ora, Bron.
0: Following on from our discussion about how to find a church, let's talk about how to ease yourself or your family into a new church. I'm thinking especially of people who may not be mentally, emotionally well in themselves.
1: Yeah, like we talked about last time, it's never easy to ease yourself into a church, to, to start a new church, to belong to a new church. And so if you can do it with others that you know, you can uh, people that you are friends with or other family members in the area that you can go to, I mean, that just helps when you know you've got someone you can go with. I mean, that that's really useful. Mm. The, the other thing I would say is that when you're there, there are usually Key welcomers or pastoral care people, they're there to make sure people feel at home, feel uh, like they can find their fit. And when you discover who they are, you can d- discover what else is on or what else is available in the church, which is more relational, more social. It might be a small group. It might be another um activity or community group that you can be a part of. So again, you just start by belonging is key. And if there's some, one of the pastoral care people who you feel like you can trust and open up to, to share with them your needs, your struggles, mm. uh, so that they're aware of how they can help you, because they they usually really do want to help. they they just unaware of what you might need. Yeah. And so if you felt comfortable enough to be able to open up and share that so they can provide the resources around you and the people around you who understand and can support you
0: yeah that's really good I think there's a real value in just turning up
1: mm-hmm. you know
0: I think huge God values you know getting getting out the door and just turning up sometimes that's all you can it might be all you can manage and mm. I think small groups um can be just so helpful and really belonging because I think sometimes you know Sunday services are really good and they um, in so many ways, and small groups offer what a Sunday service can't really provide. Um, so I think it's good to go, you know, go deeper with um, small groups. You know, I think also just going on about small groups, it, it's where most pastoral care probably happens. Would you agree with that? Richard?
1: Oh, am- absolutely. Uh, and it's. Pastoral care happens in a sort of unofficial way anyway through our friendships. Mm. So as soon as we're able to develop friendships, there is the, the give and take, the sole care, the looking after one another that takes place, even if it's not given that official title. Uh, it's also can be really helpful for small group leaders to get trained in how do you care for other people. And I'm really speaking to the church leaders here because we can we can hope that they're going to be able to look after all the different issues and things. But oftentimes they've got a big heart, but they just don't have the skill set. So they also need support and care. But yes, mm. small groups are amazing in helping to care for people.
0: Yeah, for sure. I think hospitality is another big one. Um, you know, it can be that you feel like you're not really knitted in. But actually, something that can help is by offering hospitality to someone else. And um, I remember doing that when we were, when I was still quite depressed. And you know, it's something hospitality, something that's been important to my husband and I for years. Um, but you know, I just wasn't really up to putting on a lunch after Sunday. So inviting people over just for a coffee um in a piece of cake just oh, keeping okay. it really simple and doable
1: but that's amazing i mean what you were able to do other people won't necessarily feel able to do that because they're they're potentially more introverted you and your husband are far more open and social and so you do what you can do yeah. not what you can't so like you said for for those people who may not be able to put on the hospitality just turning up yeah Is huge for others where, like you were saying, where you want contact but Mm. you can't put on a big meal and having someone for coffee. Great, break it down to do what you can do that you know is going to feed you and support you in this in this journey that you're on.
0: Yeah, I think another thing is that when you know when your capacity is really low. And I remember being in church when that you know that was the case, and I got the opportunity, since it doesn't sound like a big opportunity, but um, the kids' church needed help with organising their cupboards mm. and t- testing out the felt-tip pens. And you know, as a kid, it's so frustrating when you go from felt-tip pen to felt-tip yeah, pen. Yeah, totally. So I was doing something vital in the church. <laughs> um, a favourite saying, actually, one of the, the, um, the, the couple that I helped with that, and his... One of his sayings, um, you know, inspired by scripture is don't despise the day of small beginnings.
1: Yeah, totally. And
0: you know, no matter how small, whatever it is that you contribute, you know, it's not insignificant.
1: Oh, it's I think that's massive because certainly when someone is depressed, all your emotional energy wants to focus on the depression and stay yeah. in the depression. When we're able to to focus and do something productive and, and support other people checking the felt pens, we're doing something that feels like we're useful mm. and that we're connected and it's meaningful. And so you do those small things that actually feeds you as well. I th- yeah. no, I, I, and we can talk about it being small things, but you'll know that when you're in that state, it's huge. It's yeah. massive. So, yeah, so important.
0: Yeah, I, I really formed a lovely friendship with the couple that were running the kids' church. And that relationship was really supportive you know, in a really mm. significant way. So, um, yeah, I was really blessed by that as well. Richard, how do I know if I'm functioning in a healthy way in my church, serving from a centered self?
1: Mm, hey, great question. Uh, partly, I, I'd, I'd get people to tune into their heart. In other words, when you are serving, when you are being in the church, is there any sense of resentment Mm. reluctance in the activities that you're doing, or avoidance of doing anything at all. Uh, I think our heart can be a, a great umpire as to what's really going on. At, at times, in our desire to serve or our our sense that we should be helping out and serving, we do that. We turn up. We're there. We're checking the felt pens in that regard. Yeah. But inwardly, we're thinking, well, I don't want to be here doing this. What, why have I been given this task? And so there's a there's a kind of resentment that, that borders there or there's a reluctance that happens where you go, oh, yeah, that's right. I'm on kids' duty today. And all right come along. And it's not so much that you resent him, but you're going to do it and you're going to do it reluctantly. I, I think one of the key things in all of our serving, I mean, the Bible says that, you know, God delights in a cheerful giver, that, that sense that the heart is actually willing to do it. Even if it's not your greatest joy or passion in the world, are you able to own what you're doing and mm. do it willingly so that there's, there's a sense of genuine offering?
0: Let's talk now a little about giving and serving in a healthy way, sort of building on what we've already talked about, you know, especially how to avoid being a martyr or feeling a victim.
1: Yeah, I, I like, I think what we were talking about before is it's so important that it's the heart attitude in what we're doing and what we're giving. Remember, w- when we serve, it's an expression of love to our community. And it's also an expression of love to our God. People can get caught at times in in, in the way I describe it is being a victim to God. You're not God's victim. You're not having to do this. He's not making you do anything in that regard. He's wanting you to choose. He's wanting you to offer. He's wanting you to give. So in, in that regard, check again your heart and what your heart is saying and work out what do you need to get your heart back in this. Mm -hmm. Is it that things just need to be slightly different? There are different conditions by which I feel like I can say a bigger yes to this. Is it that I I just can't say yes to this, but I can say yes to something else at all, uh, something else uh, altogether? It's what do you need to get your heart back into your offering and your serving? Mm. Don't paint yourself powerless and don't make yourself someone else's victim.
0: Yeah. And I think balancing your needs and your family's needs with what you can give
1: Oh yeah, Both no, totally. In
0: service or and financially. Yeah,
1: yeah, and, and I think we go through different seasons where we're able to give more. Whether it might be able to give more financially, able to give more of our time and our resources, and when we can, then then that's wonderful. Do that. Cast your bread upon the water. It says, and it will return to you because you also give and and um offer to God because you, you don't know when you're going to have this opportunity again. Because there are going to be times where it's going to be, you're going to have more uh, money, more time where you can serve, you can give, do that. But there are other times when you just can't, mm. where, where things have have dried up, there's more pressure on your family, you don't have the time to give. And in those situations, it's important to realize this is a no guilt zone.
0: Yeah. So true.
1: Because if you keep giving out and, and um, serving beyond your ability to be sustainable, you're going to end up drying up, burning up, burning out, dropping out, giving up. And, and when you're in that situation, no one's going to thank you for that. Mm. We need to recognize that that God also calls us to be good stewards of our emotional energy, mm. of our time, as well as our, our money. And so we need to honor him by stewarding ourselves meeting our needs, fixing our own oxygen mask first so that we can care and love others better.
0: Not everything a leader or pastor, or in fact anyone says, is going to be true all the time. Richard, how can we embrace leadership while having a healthy sense of self?
1: Yeah. And another really great question there, Bron. I think part of it is we we can honor and respect a person in the position that they're in, but we also realize they're not God. Mm. They're not um, divine. They're, they're not the sole source of truth. So, So we never put a person or a leader over and above what we are understanding that that God is saying, what we understand that the Bible is saying. And and so what that means is we have permission in in and ourselves and around us to wonder, to question, to, to need clarification. That's totally fine. The person we may deeply value, but can certain things come from their mouth that isn't fully true? Sure. Uh, are there things that they would say in their past that they don't quite hold to now? Yeah, quite possibly. Mm-hmm. So in, if they're not holding everything they say uh, with, a, with an iron fist, n- nor do we have to hold it with that same degree of, mm. of infallibility. We need to allow people to be human, allow our leaders to be human and yeah. to be fallible and to have weaknesses and, and to be in charge of our own Decision making regarding what is true and what we agree with. And if we need to know more, if we need greater clarity, it's okay to ask, it's okay to mm. seek that, that, those answers out.
0: Yeah, I think something I really like about leaders is um, how they can make jokes about their weaknesses. Right. And I think that's a really healthy um, way to be. Mm. And, you know, it can allow us to appreciate their strengths, you know, back them, but keep them off a pedestal, which yeah. is a temptation, I think, sometimes.
1: Oh, a- absolutely. And we can do that in in one sense because we want to respect or honour the person. But, but you would know if anyone puts you on a pedestal, It's an uncomfortable place to be. You've now got to live up to a level of perfection. It would be much better if, sure, you honoured and respected the position that I've got, but you also can see me as a human and you can relate to me at at that level as an equal.
0: Yeah, that's so good. I think this has been a really great conversation, Richard, and we'll bring it together there for the second part of uh, our kōrero. So I so appreciate your thoughts on this, on these important topics. So thank you, Richard.
1: My pleasure. Thanks, Bron.
0: Mā Thanks so much for joining us for this episode. If this has raised issues with you, please get in touch with your local supports. Mind Health, have counsellors in other centres around Aotearoa New Zealand and they also do online consultations more information about Richard and Mind Health, you can visit mindhealth.org. This is also in the show notes. Be sure to subscribe to this podcast for more great content.